It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Bawana Miller-Cannon with your word of the day. A few afternoons ago, a young lady stopped by to say thanks. I was just a bit confused, not knowing what she was thanking me for. She continued on to say, last Tuesday morning, everything that could have gone wrong did. She said that I greeted her with a warm smile and confidently said, it's going to be okay, God's working it out. What she thought was the worst day of her life turned out to be just the opposite because she found comfort in the confidence in which I spoke. Ironically, I was struggling through my own situation. The words I spoke to her were intended for my own spirit, but they blessed her in the process. Isn't that just how God works? Just because someone carries it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy. You never know what someone else is going through. Your smile and kind words could be the very thing that changes a person's life. If my life had a voice and told you my journey, you wouldn't believe it. And because of his grace, there's no way you can see it. And if my scars did not heal, and if his love did not, did not shield me, See that
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have Fonda Bryant in the studio with us today. And Fonda is a mental health specialist. She actually sits on the board of NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And she's a board member of that. She's also a North Carolina certified peer support specialist. And she is a suicide prevention. Uh, She's certified instructor in that area. And it's just great having you with us today, Fonda. I've been looking forward to having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now, Fonda, you're well-respected in the mental health community, and you're involved on so many different levels, even on the state board for NAMI. But I wanted to talk to you about how did you get involved so heavily in this area? Well, I guess my personal story is what brought me to where I am now. Um, 24 years ago, I was dealing with depression, had no idea I had it, and on Valentine's Day 1995, I almost died by suicide. My Aunt Kelly, Aunt Spanky as I call her, my hero, I reached out to her and told her she could have my shoes, which is a warning sign for suicide, giving away things. And, you know, the great thing about my aunt, she listened. Um, She just didn't dismiss what I said and like, oh, okay, she's just having a bad day. She's wanting some attention. She took what I said to heart and went into action to get me some help, had me involuntarily committed. And as mad as I was at her and just the whole situation, she saved my life. Okay, so basically it was uh, your own personal experience that pushed you into this area of expertise. Yes, you know, for a lot of people sometimes they, when they go through something like this because mental health is portrayed in such a negative light that people, if they come out of a psychiatric hospital or a suicide attempt, they just want to bury it because they're so ashamed. 
but I never felt ashamed of what I went through because I could not help it that I was diagnosed with clinical depression. Your brain is an organ. It can get sick, just like your heart, your kidneys, but yet we can recover. And a lot of times, as I said, people separate mind and body and they view mental health totally different than physical health, and it shouldn't be that way. And you've developed quite a career with this because you do uh, corporate meetings, uh, church events, civ uh, civic organizations, and even the Charlotte Police Department. You've done some work with them, is that right? Yes, Chief Putney and I have a very good uh, rapport, and we have police officers that have been trained in mental health and addiction. 40 hours of training called CIT officers. It stands for Crisis Intervention Team. You can, uh, if a relative or someone's in a crisis, all you have to do is call 911, let them know it's a mental health or addiction crisis. They will come out. So I do a lot of work with CMPD and um, Chief Putney has me speaking to the rookie officers of CMPD about taking care of their mental health before they get out in the community because they've been training as rookies and being in a bubble. But it's totally different when you get out here with people who hate you, people who are trying to hurt you. So I go in and tell them the first thing that they need to do is to take care of their mental health. And I really enjoy that. Now, you mentioned something about clinical depression. How many people actually suffer from that? Because what really got my attention was when you said, okay, I really didn't know that's what was going on with me. How many people have this and really don't know that that's what's going on? Well, with a lot of mental health conditions and stats, they're skewed because, again, you have people suffering in silence and they don't talk about it or they don't know that they're dealing with that. But on average, we're talking about at least 43 million Americans that deal with depression. Depression is the number one debilitating disease in the world. Okay. Depression is number one. And it also is a disease that pushes suicide. You mentioned suicide. How many people per day commit suicide? Well, number one, we don't say commit suicide because you commit a crime, you commit a robbery. Okay. When we use terminology for suicide, we say die by suicide or took their own life. But on average, we're talking about 129 people a day, Americans, just Americans, over 22 veterans. And for each completed suicide, there are 25 attempts. So you're talking about close to 4,000 people a day that attempt suicide. And 90% of people who attempt suicide have a treatable mental health condition and stigma. The shame, embarrassment that comes along with having a mental health condition is why people don't go get help. I didn't realize the statistics were, were that stiff and that. I've done several interviews with suicide prevention because it's a real biggie now because there are so many people in our society now that the stress of just everyday living is a lot. I had someone on my show a few weeks ago, we were talking about bullying and, you know, how kids bullying other kids and actually push some of them to suicide. Definitely. That's one of the factors as well. Bullying. You're talking about generational trauma. Again, you're talking about undiagnosed mental health conditions. There's uh, societal issues. So there's a lot of different things that play into suicide period. I mean, you have, like I said, 90% of people who uh, attempt suicide or die by suicide, for the most part, have a treatable mental health condition. But you also have that other end of the spectrum where people die by suicide when they get backed into a corner. Like they've committed a crime, 
or something like that. They don't want to face the music. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, looking at going to prison or bringing shame or whatever, they decide to take their own life. But again, I also like to let people know we don't want to die. We just want that pain in that moment to go away. We're not weak. We're not selfish. We're not crazy. It is a true physical condition. And as a person with depression, depression is a thinking disorder. It beats you up. It makes you feel less than. It puts negative thoughts in your head. And it will sit there and tell you you're a loser, you're hopeless, kill yourself. No one will care. And as much as you try to fight that and you're dealing with a brain that's sick, it can definitely push you into the point where you say, you know what? It's right. I'm not going to stay here anymore and I'm going to take my own life because in that moment, that pain we're feeling outweighs the love of our family and the pain of anything we're going to do to take our own life. You mentioned something about generational trauma. Um, trauma. What kind of generational trauma would we be looking for in a person that's going through this? I did a blog. I wrote a blog for NAMI called You Can't Pray Away a Mental Health Condition. And when you look at the history of African Americans from when they took us from our homeland and brought us to the United States, you're looking at post-traumatic stress, you're looking at anxiety, you're looking at depression. And then when they bring us here, we had to conform to how they wanted us to be. African Americans have been dealing with mental health disorders from the beginning when they took us from where they took us and brought us here, and we've never dealt with it. You have things like, molestation. Mm -hmm. You have, uh, as I said, you have generational trauma where it's come from one family member to another. And again, African-Americans have never embraced mental health. So we've dealt with that for a very long time. And we're finally, finally getting to that point where we're finally starting to say, hey, we have mental health issues too. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. The world premiere of the brand new single, I Can Love You Through Anything, by musician, singer, songwriter, and producer, Ken Hardio. I can love you through anything. Featuring Charlotte, North Carolina's very own musician, singer, songwriter, music educator, and producer, Quentin Bethay. This song has a message of hope and healing for people of all ages across the globe. Get your copy now. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. So, Fonda, let me ask you, how do you think we can bridge this gap? Because it seems like this is a generational kind of uh, curse, so to speak, because we're not looking what is creating this problem in the African-American community. And what do you think would bridge the gap? Education. Education is the key because you have so many myths out there like people who are dealing with schizophrenia and bipolar. Those two are the uh, psychosis mental health disorders where people hear voices and things like that. And I've heard people say, oh, they have demons and oh, it makes me cringe because that's not the case. As I said, depression and anxiety, those are the thinking disorders. They make you feel bad about yourself. And then you might go to someone who's not educated on it and like, just get over it, just pray. So we really need to educate people for people to understand, again, the brain is an organ. It can get sick. But with help and treatment, we can get better. And I think that's where it starts. You know, the churches need to help us more. We do have churches here in the Charlotte, Mecklenburg County area 
who are doing better with mental health, but we need more churches to get involved. And again, we need people to take classes like mental health first aid to get, you know, to get educated. How would people, I mean, would these classes be offered through churches or other community organizations? What, what is the, what would be the format? They could reach out to places like Cardinal, uh, Novant. They could reach out to Atrium Health. They could also reach out to Mental Health America of Central Carolinas. They will come to the churches like we trained 100 people at a church in QPR suicide prevention. Churches can reach out to any of those organizations, especially Mental Health America, and they can set it up to come to your church, or some people would rather come to the office and take the training they can. But Mental Health America has instructors that will come to your church, train you on mental health first aid, which is a free class. It's eight hours long. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might have to break it up to two four hour but qpr suicide prevention that's an hour and a half long class so i urge churches and people in our community to reach out to get educated in these classes because it dispels a lot of the myths when you get educated people have members of their own families that are suffering from the same condition but being able to recognize it, it seems key because if you can't recognize what your loved one is going through, then you won't know how to get help or assistance. Now, I do know that you do these outreach training programs yourself, mm -hmm. and it's important uh, for our listeners to know that they can make personal contact with you. Is yes. that correct? Yes, they can. I'm going to have you tell us a little bit later how to get in touch with you and um, what hours and things that you're able to do the workshops. But before we do that, I want to ask you a little bit more because you said about 22 veterans, and we hear a lot about veterans uh, committing suicide because of the post-traumatic post stress. Po right, post traumatic stress. So 22 veterans per day? Actually, it's more than that. The um, VA thinks it's more like 25 to 30 veterans a day. As I said, with the suicide stats, as shocking as they are, they're underreported. Suicide is underreported. You have, like in Mecklenburg County, a very high rate of elderly people that die by suicide. But yet a lot of times with the police... Let's stop there. Okay. Now, what about elderly people? What would push them? Is it they feel they've lived too long or is it just everyday stress? Well, I think a lot of it is loneliness. Loneliness mm -hmm. is at an all-time high right now. People feel, you know, when you get older, you feel useless. People don't come and visit you as much as they used to. You feel worthless. Some of the same symptoms as depression. And when you have isolation and you might be, because you got to think about it too, a lot of these elderly people have been dealing with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I spoke at a church here in Charlotte a couple of years ago, an African-American church, with about 50 elderly African-Americans, and a lot of them came up to me and told me, I have depression, I have anxiety, I've um, attempted suicide. And they come to church every Sunday, they pay their tithes, and yet they're suffering in silence. It's almost like a football player not wanting to go talk to their coach because they're going to be judged. It's the same thing right. with people going to church. They feel like they're going to be judged, so they don't go and talk to their pastor. And judgmental attitudes seem to be a great deal of the reason people stay in the closet with this is because they just don't want to be judged. And they don't want people to think they're crazy, so to speak, when really this has nothing to do with insanity. It has more to do with the fact that the external 
factors that people are going through that uh, some people are not quite strong enough to cast them off, so therefore they end up pushing themselves into depression. Well, that's part of it too, but a lot of it is we are born uh, imperfect physically Mm -hmm. and we come here with heart problems we come here with diabetes we can come here with mental health issues and also mental health is hereditary as well it was only until i went through what i did i found out that depression runs in my family so we'll sit up in in families and talk about high blood pressure diabetes but we won't have a real honest conversation about bipolar schizophrenia and when you think back a lot of times in your family history you can remember things and you're like, oh, that's what it was. Somebody self-medicating. Uh, and that's not just about drugs and alcohol. It can be about sex. It can be about gambling. It can be about eating. It's been interesting having you on the show. And I certainly appreciate your candor about your personal testimony and how you were able to overcome 24 years ago. And I thank God that you really found that someone was smart enough to see where you were and to help you out of that stupor. Now, I want to come back to another personal issue. You're the daughter of a very famous person, uh, Johnny Taylor, right? Yes, um, that was my father. And actually, that's another side of my family. He dealt with addiction. And Mm -hmm. even though he had a massive heart attack May 31st of 2000, my father, it was well published. He had problems with uh, drugs, cocaine, and alcohol. And mm-hmm. I truly believe my dad was dealing with something, a uh, mental health issue. I just don't know what. But, um, yeah, I'm his daughter. I just wanted to bring it because Johnny Taylor brought all of us through a generation of uh, good times, <laughs> wonderful music, and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, he so, was a great entertainer. Yeah, he left us quite a contribution in the area of music. And uh, I think he would be very proud of you to know that you are carrying on the legacy in one way or the other. Yeah, I like to think that sometimes that if I could have helped him while he was living, that maybe he would still be here. All right. Well, again, it's great having you on the show, and I really thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us because thank you. it was important for us to get this message out to our listeners because You know, we try to connect people with people that uh, need to be connected with. And so I really appreciate you coming out to be on the show today. Thank you very much for having me, and I hope we can continue these conversations. We certainly will. Now, why don't you tell everybody how to contact you, because I, I want our listeners to be able to reach out to you and perhaps maybe book you into their church or their organization, or maybe they got a family member and they want to ask some, need someone to ask a few questions uh, about uh, the condition of their family. I'd be happy to. You can reach out to me on Facebook under Fonda Bryant. You can find me on Instagram at ProudMom72. You can also reach out to me on Twitter at ProudMom72. And you can also, I don't mind giving out my email address, you can email me at Fonda, F-O-N-D-A-N-C underscore 40, the number 40, at Yahoo.com. Thank you again. Thank you.
For listening to the Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to the ConnectCenterNC.com. That's ConnectCenterNC.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. That's TheConnectCenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose. It's time for the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. In the next half hour, you will be inspired with words of encouragement, and you'll be motivated by experts in the respective field who have been where you're trying to go on the Faith Connection Show. But first, here's an inspirational word. This is Moana Miller-Cannon with your word of the day. What would you do if you woke up tomorrow morning with only what you thank God for today? Would you actually be alive or even have a reasonable portion of health? Would you have provision, protection, shelter? We should never take for granted God's grace and his mercy. Always rejoice and be thankful because if the Lord never does anything else, he's done enough.
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. We have in the studio today with us, Kamisha Williams-Ebron. And Kamisha, we're glad to have you in the studio today with us because uh, we're really interested in your work. You've done a great job. I think you're the new female Tyler Perry in the making. Thank you. You just did a production here in Charlotte called Temptation, and it was an inspirational comedy uh, play, and I think it went over very well. And this was your first time in a larger venue. I think you moved from the high schools to different uh, kind of venue, which is Ovens Auditorium, and yes. I think that was successful. For you. It was a leap of faith. Okay, <laughs> a leap of faith. All <laughs> yes. right, that's good enough. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'd like for the listeners to know a little bit about you. Okay, I am born and raised from Charlotte, North Carolina, a graduate of West Charlotte Senior High School. All right. Um, have a bachelor's degree, and I'm a mother of three. Mm-hmm. I am a wife, and I am a woman of God. You and your husband both are involved in this production company, is that correct? Yes, we are. Okay. And now tell us a little bit about the play that you just put on at Ovens Auditorium, uh, Temptation. Okay, Temptation was very large because the topic itself is very relative. And because I encourage on a daily basis, um, I see a lot of relationships that encounter temptation. It doesn't necessarily have to be relationship-wise, but we are tempted by so many different things in the world. The world is so wide open now, and people are steering away from um, religion, and just temptation is like a turn to. So that's what inspired you to write it, but now that's the great thing about this. You're not just a director, but you're also the writer for this particular piece. And how long have you been writing? I've been writing since 2004. That's when I published my first book. I encountered some pain and some hurt within my my relationship. And instead of staying stuck, I decided to start writing because it was very therapeutic. And with the topics that I cover, they were relative and the responses that I received um, encouraged me to continue to write. And that's what led me up to where I am today. Okay, now, playwriting is not the only thing you've done. You've also written several books, is yes, that correct? that is correct. How many books have you written? I have 11 books and 12 plays. Okay, 11 books and 12 plays. That is correct. Well, you're well on your way. I am. Yeah, how about <laughs> that? Now, let's talk a little bit about what your expectations are and where you plan to take Diva and Me Productions. Actually, I see Diva Me Productions performing in several cities on the same night. I see Diva Me Productions pulling in people within the community who desire to act, to write, to dance, and just to pull people out of their comfort zones and show them not to bring on a brand, but to create a brand. Okay. Now, you know what? Uh, Talking about creating a brand, and and I think that's what you're doing right now is creating your own brand. Yes. And you have a full-time job, and so you sort of work your production company part-time. Yes, that is. Yeah. Now, we're going to talk about your community involvement because uh, you have a great community involvement as well. But, you know, before we get to that, with your production company... How are you funding your plays? You get you have investors in your plays, or what? Uh... I have sponsorship within the community, mm-hmm. but if I can be very transparent, I'm the biggest donor. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to ask that question because there may be somebody out there listening who wants to invest in your next show because this show was a very, very 
successful one, it and was. I hope that you will have many more. But let's talk a second here about your community involvement because you also have, your production company also has a nonprofit organization. That is correct. And you work with kids in the community. You're kind of like mentoring for all ages. Tell us a little bit about that program. Okay, with the mentoring program that I have within the youth, within the community, they have the opportunity to publish books, write songs. We go to the studio. They've learned how to create their resumes. They've gotten headshots. I teach them how to audition. Not only with the summer program, whenever they go back to school, DVME Productions go and support them whenever they are in productions, whenever they perform, whenever they graduate from high school. So it's not only a, a limited program, we assist them and we support them in their regular livelihoods too. Where do these kids come from? They are brought to me from the Department of Social Services, from the Housing Authority, from the community, and from foster care. How long long does the uh, theater and arts summer program last? Is it just for the three months or two months of the summer period? Actually, it's for four weeks. What I do mm-hmm. every year is cash in four weeks of vacation from my primary job to do this. Oh, okay. And during that four-week period, you involve them in all these activities you're talking they about, They do. Right? Is this like a graduating class where kids age out, or how does it work? Actually, most of those youth, they are with me. They have been with me over the past three or four years. The program is only from age four to 16 after they become, after they are 16, they no longer attend our summer program, but they can still come to me and, and receive their mentorship to publish books, to write plays, to um, get their acting skill set throughout the week or whenever I have classes, when I offer classes within the community. Okay, now I think there are about four books that kids who participate in your program have written and or participated in the writing of, and of course, Uh, You publish those books for them, is that right? That is correct. Actually, there's more. Okay. Um, Those youth have actually gone on to do their own book signings within the community. They sell their books. Some of them have websites, and some of them, I teach them business strategies, how to market their books, how to solicit their books, and how to encourage other people to not only read their books, but to write books as well. Yeah, I noticed that there's one book here that it's called Kindness, and not to bully. And Passion Mitchell, yes. Yes. I think. Yes, and she's actually in approaching high school right now. Really? Yes. And was this done when she was That young? was done six years ago. Six years ago? Yes. Oh, okay. So now she has a book to her credit yes. because of your, pro- your mentoring program. Yes. And then there's another one called I Am Unique. Yes. And tell me a little bit about that one, the kids that actually participate in in the writing of that book? Every year we come up with a theme, and mm-hmm. what I want to teach them is I want to instill in them is that they are unique. Um, I feel that youth are fertile grounds, and when you sow seeds, those seeds harvest, and they remember those seeds. A lot of time when I work with adults, they have a stigma because they say somebody told them that they couldn't do something. Somebody told them that they were not good enough. Somebody told them that they couldn't be something. So I am the sower. So I sow seeds into them to let them know that they can be anything. They can do anything, that they're unique. So when they get to school and someone tries to bully them or someone tries to talk down to them, they have a strength within themselves and they know that whatever someone says to them has no power over them. And so that's why I Am Unique 
each one of them wrote a story of how they feel like that they are unique within themselves, within the community, and within their families. And you published that, that in the book. That is correct. We're going to take a quick break here, and we'll be right back. Praise listeners, this is Brian Moore, one of your hosts of the Be More Faithful radio show. And I'm Sarah Moore. Please come join us every Sunday on Praise 100.9 at 10 p.m. The Be More Faithful radio show is a half hour of inspiration, information, and entertainment. The Be More Faithful radio show is brought to you by our company, Be More Faithful Marketing. If you want to know more about Be More Faithful Marketing, go to www.bmfradioshow.com. The Be More Faithful Faithful Radio Show's content covers a topic of discussion, the song of inspiration, a sermonette, and our artist showcase, which you can listen to on a podcast on our website on bmfradioshow.com. Praise listeners, put us on your schedule and join us every Sunday night at 10 p.m. for the Be More Faithful Radio Show. And also, if you're interested in the services of Be More Faithful Marketing, give us a call at 704-497-4678 or email us at info at bmfradioshow.com. Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show. And here's Dr. Miller with his special guest. Now, it seems that just your production company has a dual role. And one of the roles is is to develop a market for your production company and your place, which is your individual intellectual material, and then to help others, help kids through mentoring, to mentor them and to develop their own intellectual pathway that they blend together so well. And it sounds like you've put a great deal of thought into it. But the question I have, and I'm sure some of our listeners have the same question, how were you able to find two so unique? concepts that bond together so well was that by design or it just sort of happened um it just sort of happened um anything any vision or dream that god gives me i don't take it lightly i act on everything that's given to me because i figured that is a part of my my plan the ultimate plan um, that is what enhances the dash in between my beginning and my end. Because when I leave this earth, my beginning and my end is already going to be stamped on the tombstone. But what really matters is the dash that's in between. So what I'm doing is I'm investing in the dash in between so I can always be remembered by the seeds that have been sown. Not only in youth, I mentor adults as well. My goodness. Now tell me about a little bit about the or tell me about the adult mentorship. Actually, I have four people that I've just brought on. I solicited out there anybody who want to be mentored by Diva Me Productions. Mm-hmm. And actually, I received four people. And two want to mm-hmm. publish books who have never published books before. And two have um, written plays, but they want to know how to successfully produce the play. So I've decided to invest in all four mm-hmm. um, so that they can be successful in what they desire to do. So they do sort of internships with you? That is correct. Okay. Um, they meet with me mm-hmm. and I hold them accountable. I'm their accountability partner. We sit down and we write the goals down and we have dates that we set on these goals and I set them in my phone and I reach back out to them to make sure that they've completed those goals. I don't take excuses because excuses don't make things happen. So I make sure that they do what they need to do and if they say that they don't have what they need for instance one says that she doesn't have a computer her computer is acting up 
I said, not a problem at all. Actually, when I leave here today, I'm going to set up a computer at her house so that she can do what it is that she desired to do because God has already given us and equipped us everything that we need. We just have to hold on to it and work with what we have until we get what it is that we want. If someone wanted to get in touch with you, and I think we probably have a number of listeners, if not just for them, but maybe for their kids, that they would like for their kids to be in a program like the program you do sponsor. Do you take kids outside of this particular county, or is it just in the county that you work with? I work with with anyone that that will allow me to sow into their lives. Now, you have a sponsorship list, bronze, silver, gold, and diamond. Yes. And those sponsorships, you're looking for companies and individuals who may want to sponsor this mentoring program. And I'm going to let you tell us exactly, or our listeners, uh, what each one of those sponsorships are. Okay, so we have a variety of sponsorships that are available for anyone that's within the community. It can be businesses or it can be individual. Um, For instance, Bronze is a $500 sponsorship, but this is for when we have our productions. You'll receive a full-page color ad, you'll receive recognition, and you'll receive a copy of the booklet that was established within the production. This $500 also goes to, to allow other youth and adults within the community to be able to do what it is that they desire to do that they can't do within themselves, as well as the other sponsorships. Whenever we have our productions, you have the opportunity to sponsor and you receive VIP tickets to meet the cast and meet the celebrities that we bring on and you receive a lot of other good things. T-shirts, books, um, front row seats, recognition in front of all the audience and on our social media and whenever we do radio advertisement, your business is mentioned after every radio commercial that is on. Kamisha, just before we close, I wanted you to answer a question for me. What do you think the greatest impact of temptation was because usually a piece like this you're looking to make an impact you're looking to change lives and especially the way uh, you involve yourself in both production and community you're looking for ways to change people's lives and to make a greater impact on society so what do you think the greatest impact of temptation was I think the impact wasn't the amount of money that was made. The impact was the testimonies that were given after um, the people were exiting the um, auditorium. Um, We were out taking pictures, and one couple that I can remember, they were walking out, and they turned to each other, and one said, you know, I'm sorry for everything that I did, and I'm willing to work this out. And then the wife said, you know, I'm sorry too, and I'm willing to also work this out and they walked out of the building holding hands and then another success story was there were a couple that were struggling and they were um, talking about divorce but with the topics that were covered within the production and the wake-up call the wake-up call is what tapped into their spirit and spoke to their spirit and they were willing to hold on a little while longer so that's the impact that I'm looking for money will come and money will go but those experiences will last forever. That's great. And Willie Moore Jr. was uh, one of the feature uh, performers in the show. Is that right? Yes, he was. And he was touched Mm -hmm. by the story. Um, He had never, he read the script, but he he didn't see the play. And Mm -hmm. he was mesmerized when he saw it. And he turned to me. And what I can remember is, you bless me with this. He said, you brought me here to bless you, but you blessed me. 
Fantastic. Now, tell our listening audience how to reach out to you, because especially with the mentoring program, because I think that's really a, a great program. Okay, we're on Facebook, and you can reach us at Diva and Me Productions. You can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram, also with the same handle, Diva and Me Productions. Mm-hmm. You can reach our email, which is Diva and Me at Yahoo.com. That is D I V A A N D M E at Yahoo.com. And you can also call us at 650 605 3482. You've heard it here on the Faith Connection Show, and we are glad to have had you on the show, Kamisha. Thank you. And we're looking forward to your next production. Okay, thank you so very much. to go deeper in you, Lord. I know that my ways are not your ways, but in your will is where I'll stay. I want to go higher in you, Lord. I want to go deeper in you, Lord. I know that my ways are not your ways, but in
Thank you for listening to the Faith Connection Show with your host, Dr. David Miller, equipping people to connect with their purpose. Here's an inspirational word from Dr. David Miller. I've had many ups and downs in my life, and it seems like sometimes I've had more downs than ups, but what I've learned about life is a journey. And on the road of life, there are several things that you must keep in mind. And always keep those in mind is that difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. And when I say beautiful destinations, you know what? There are so many things that we go through in life and so many places that we travel in life and find trouble, trials, and tribulations. But it really doesn't mean anything because you know what? Without a little pain, there can never be a great gain. So I'm saying to you today, if you've been through something and seems like you've just met your last challenge, I urge you and encourage you to look beyond that. Because remember, this valley is just for today. The mountaintop of success will be there tomorrow. Just keep your destination in focus. This is Dr. David Miller. Thank you for tuning in to the Faith Connection Show. Thank you for listening to The Faith Connection Show with Dr. David Miller, making a connection for you and equipping people to connect with their purpose. Don't forget to log on to theconnectcenternc.com. That's connectcenternc.com. If you'd like to reach Dr. David Miller, email theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. That's theconnectcenter3 at gmail.com. And remember, never lose the connection to your purpose.